with the monkey. And Pastor Brennan was talking about how we, as Christians, at Corner, especially here at Cornerstone Assembly of God, we can't be like those monkeys. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not a monkey. Not a monkey. So I'm going to be talking about the prison of offense. I'm going to be talking about when, what happens if you hold those offenses and how it really affects your life, affects everyone's life around you, affects the culture around you. Um, but before I jump into it, our, uh, we're going to be reading out one passage today, which would be Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 26. But before I read that, and that's where we're going to stay for the majority of the time, I just want to talk, and if you guys are taking notes, I have the three points. The first point is I just want to talk real fast about Satan's plan. Like how, how he goes about destroying that united front that Pastor Brennan last week was talking about. I want to talk about, there's, and there's three ways he does it. I want, well, three um, strategies, if you will. He has an agenda, he has a strategy, and he has tactics in how he does it. And I just want to real fast to lay the foundation before we talk about the prison offense. I think it's good for us to understand Satan's plans for our lives. So, um, I want to talk about his agenda. What is Satan's agenda for our lives? Which is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, Satan wants to take what you have been called to, whatever destiny or whatever purpose God has placed on your life, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy that. That is his agenda. That is his plan for each one of our lives. And how he does that, his strategy in doing that is through division, through dividing us, which you can find in Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. It says, and I'm reading out of the NLT. It says, Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. See, Satan knows, and, and this goes in any relationship, in, with the church, with your uh, brother, sister, with your wife. You can apply this to any relationship. He knows if he can divide that relationship, he can destroy it. He can take you out of the plans of destiny that he has called you to. You guys ever watch, uh, I like to watch the Marvel movies. Anybody a Marvel movie fan? Did anybody see the Civil War movie? If not, see, I always like to, I like to, I always like to do the younger. Pastor Brennan and Pastor Neil will give you the older movies that the youngsters will understand, but I'll give you guys the newer ones. Maybe we'll, we need to do a movie night with the adults, but you need to watch it. Marvel Civil War, and what happens is, um, I forget what they're called, the, the Avengers. In the Avengers, they have, like, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Spider, well, Spider-Man came into that one, Spider-Man, all these different ones, they call them Avengers. And what happened is they had a disagreement. Iron, the two kind of leaders, Iron Man and Captain America, had a, a, a difference. And throughout the whole movie, until the very end, all of a sudden you see them fighting and battling it out, like, it's intense. I, I almost played it for you guys before. I knew half of you guys haven't watched it yet, so I wasn't going to ruin it for you. But it's you got Spider-Man web-slinging. you got Iron Man final. You have Ant-Man. I don't know if you ever watched Ant-Man. And... Uh,
goes out, all of a sudden other people can't hear that weren't here. Worship instruments go out and they can't hear it. But anyways, in the movie, so there's this conflict that's happening between all the Avengers. Half of them are on Captain America's side. The other half is on uh, Iron Man's side. And they're battling out. They get to the very end. And I'm not going to explain what happens, but what? But behind the scene, there was an enemy. I won't tell you the enemy's name, but there was an enemy that orchestrated the whole thing. And it got them off focus of being in unity, so they weren't able to save the planet in this time when it, whatever was happening. I'm trying not to give away too much. But the enemy divided them. Because they were divided, they weren't able to do what they were supposed to do. And that's what Satan's trying to do. His plan is to kill, steal, and destroy. His strategy is to divide us in that. I just want to read Mark chapter 3, verse 25. It says pretty much the same thing as Matthew, but I'm going to read out in the NIV just because I like how it says it. It says, if a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. So, and so how he divides us is in his tactic. His tactic is offense. And that's where we're going to stay for the rest of the message. So his plans for your, each one of your life is to steal, kill, and destroy you, take you off your purpose that God has called you to. He does that, and he knows he does that by dividing you. If he can get you out of unity, and, he, and how he takes you out of unity, how he divides you, is through offense. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. I think if we understand, like when these offenses happen, that it's not always Satan will use our little things that gets underneath our skins, because that's usually what where offense starts. Is we're also in that rage. We've been talking in youth group the transformation of the mind and transforming how the world acts and how we're supposed to act. And there, we were going through. I think it was um. Does anybody any of the youth remember? I think it was Colossians chapter three. If they had their notes, they would be able to remember. But they were talking about we talked on five different like areas that we needed to transform in, like rage, malice, behavior, lust, and all these different things. And um, sometimes we we look, the example I used for a youth group was if you stub your toe. And I know none of you guys, hopefully none of you guys, but some some of the teenagers will say would drop the f bomb if they stub their toe, or all of a sudden you get in those. Fits of rage, right? Was it Satan's fault that you stubbed your toe? No. But in those moments, Satan can use that, though, to get out of hand. And if we can understand that in those moments that Satan can use us, I think it helps the process of breaking that prison of offense. But I'm going to get to the text, for, and this is where we're going to stay for the rest of the message. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22. I'm going to give you a second to turn there. Because I think it's going to be important to see this. I just started my timer for you guys, so looks like a long message today for you guys. Now, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22. It says, you have heard that it was said, and this is Jesus talking, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with 
a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to their brother or sister, and I'm reading on the NIV, it says raka there. I, think, I believe some uh, version says fool. is answerable to the court, and, is any, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of fire of hell. I was watching, uh, I think it was with the young adults, we watched this thing, and the pastor was talking about raka, how it kind of sounds like a swear word, like raka. And it, it, I believe it's, it translates idiot. Am I right in your versions? Idiot. And so it's saying, when you say idiot or fool, also in the scripture says, you're in dangers of the pits of hell. Of hell. I don't know about you guys, but have you guys ever said a few worse things than rock or idiot or fool? And here the scripture is saying, you're in danger of the fire of hell. I just want to pick out a word in there, and it's the word hell. And I'm going to try my best to pronounce it. The Greek word for it is Gehenna. You guys ever heard the word Gehenna? It means the valley of Hinnon, or Gehenna, a valley of Jerusalem, used as a name for a place or a state of everlasting punishment and hell. So, um, I did a little research on that place, of Gehenna, and what they used to use it. And you can find it in Jeremiah chapter 7. I'm not going to read it. Je Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 31, chapter 19, and verse 2 through 6. It talks about what they used to use that valley for. And I'm just going to read this paragraph. It says, Gehenna originally referred to the valley of Hinnom by Jerusalem. It was the place of horrible idolatry. So when the Hebrews finally came back to Jerusalem after seven years of Babylon captivity, they resolved never to use the valley of Hinnom for idolatry again. Instead, they burned their trash there, and it became a burning valley of waste. Have any of you guys ever gone to like a... Um, a garbage site. I remember going on a mission trip to Mexico, and I we one of the places we had to minister. It was a town inside the garbage dump. I mean, mountains of garbage, and it reeked so bad. The image that I got uh, of like that smell. Like, have you you guys all know Brittany's not? Oh yeah, there's Brittany. Have you guys ever seen Brittany or my sister like smell something real nasty? Or maybe you guys having you get that gag reflex, right? Imagine that terrible smell. Maybe. Uh, I don't know if I should use this example. I'm going to on Sunday morning. But, like, I like to do pranks sometimes. And my sister, I know she has a really bad, whenever she smells something really bad. I was at her house. I was using the bathroom. I didn't flush. Because I knew she had to come in next. I walk out. She comes in. And all of a sudden... <laughs> Um, we're all on the other side of the house. All of a sudden, you hear Xander just gag and reflex. She comes out screaming. It was it was funny, and she was she was petrified. But I mean, we were laughing, having a good time. But I just want you to picture that smell, though that smell of garbage. I remember, yep. I remember working with pro maintenance. Pro maintenance, I think it's pronounced. But we used to. Uh, uh, put down mulch and stuff, and we had to put down mulch at the American Waste site, and they had these two pine trees right by the where the garbage was. We we're putting the mulch, and I just remember smelling that 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 stench that constantly comes out. And I believe when it says there's two parts to that word helder, I think when it's talking about when it calls when you're calling someone a fool or an idiot, you're all of a sudden I. When Jesus, I think Jesus is talking about when you offend someone or you're t giving an offense to someone. He's saying you're in danger of that stench on your life. 
when you get captivated like that, which then leads to, and it can, because the rest of the rest of that de- definition is everlasting punishment, which is talking about hell. So I believe it, it starts in stages. Like all of a sudden, you, you get captured into this prison of offense. You take offense to something, and all of a sudden, in your heart, you build this stench to where people can't stand to be around you. You ever get around someone that's like that? Like, like you know, just by their persona that. It, I mean, anything you say, you, you'll, you'll take offense or something like that. And that's what I believe Jesus is talking about in the scripture. If you, if you're, if you're, um, if you say rock or idiot or fool, I think he's using as an example for giving offense or taking offense, that you are in danger of that stench within your heart, but which then can lead to everlasting the punishment of hell if you let, let it take root. So, I want to keep reading, though. Uh, verse 23 through 24. It says, Therefore, if you, offer, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be re- I can never say that word. Someone else. Reconcile. There it is. Thank you. To them. Then come and offer your gift. See, this this offense, Jesus is just telling us it is so important that if you're here at church and you have offense in your heart that you need to drop, if you're in the middle of worship, if you're in the middle of giving your tithe, drop the tithe, and then, <laughs> then and go deal with that offense. Because what's, what's happening is you're building that stench within your heart. Because if it goes unsaid, it just gets worse and worse. Um, I believe a lot of times we get distracted too. Like maybe we take offense to something and we get caught up in doing a lot of good things. Like going to church is a great thing, right? Worshiping God is a great thing. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, King Saul, God had commanded him to go and take care of um, the people that were, you know, I'm forgetting what they're called. The uh, Looking to the pastors to help me out here. The uh, Philistines, thank you. The Philistines. Uh, God had told Samuel to go tell King Saul to take care of all the Philistines. Believe no one left. That was the command from God. Right? So, and, and you can read this in 1 Samuel chapter 15. King Saul goes, almost destroys everything. He takes the king, he takes all the best of the lambs, lambs, land, which were lambs, and he goes, brings them back, and all of a sudden God tells Samuel that King Saul has just sinned. Go tell him this message that I'm giving you. And there's, you can read this in detail in 1 Samuel chapter 15. So Samuel goes to King Saul and sees, you know, sees it for himself that the king is still alive, the Philistine king, the um, the best of the land they have. And Samuel asked, what are you doing? And King Saul is like, you know, I'm, we're, I know you said this, but we want to sacrifice all the best of the land to God, which was a good thing and which God had commanded them previously to do, right? Like to uh, make sacrifices to God. And the, but the thing was, is he was only being partial obedient. He wasn't being, he was doing good. He was, in his mind, he was doing a good thing. And a lot of times in our minds, we do a lot of good things. We get busy within the church. We get busy within our families. We get busy at work. But is it the thing that God has called you to do? And I think that's what Jesus is talking about in verse 24 through, or 23 through 24, is he's saying, 
even though you're doing something good, you're he's saying drop if you have an offense in your heart, drop it at if you're at the altar, drop what you have, drop your offering, stop worshiping, and go take care of it right then and there. It's our job to take care of it right then and there. So the question is then, why is it so important? And, and I'm just going to read the verse one more time. Mark chapter 3, verse 25, it says, If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Um, this is a plug to Pastor Brenda's message again. But Pastor Brenda was, so if you haven't listened to it, make sure you listen. To me, last week's message was one of my favorite messages from Pastor Brenda. She preached for like 50 minutes. It felt like 15 minutes. It could have kept going and going. But so make sure you guys listen to that one. That one is extremely good. <laughs> Can we get that on the mic or recording? Uh, but she was talking about how it's extremely important in building a foundation that um, that we need to be united, not divided. And so that when the first storm hits, like when we come up to a storm in our lives, that we, if, if our foundation is strong, if we're united together as a united front, as a cadre, as Pastor Brenner was talking last week, that, that when storms hit us, we won't fall. We won't, we won't be divided that easily. And that happens if we take care of those offenses. We drop the good things that we're doing. Because Jesus is saying this is, that's this important, that we need to drop whatever might be good at this moment and deal with it. See, um, now talking within marriages, God takes the two and makes them one. And Satan takes the one and makes them two through division. God takes the one, or takes the, God takes the two, makes them one. But Satan will take the one and make them two. So what will happen if you don't deal with it? We're going to keep reading in Matthew chapter 5, verse 25. It says, Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judges, and the judges may hand you over to the officers, and you may be thrown into prison. The key word I want to pull out there is adversary. Because in verse 21 through 22, if you go back to verse 21, 22, what words did he use? Brother and sister. And just within a few uh, verses later, you haven't dealt with that offense. That person who you've called your brother or sister, that person who have you called your wife or husband, if you don't deal with those offenses, all of a sudden becomes your adversary. That's why Jesus says it's so important to drop what you're doing Stop, drop the good things and go deal with those offenses because that person that you've called your brother or sister can become your adversary. Um, I'm going to need Karina and Neil now. Come on up here. I got an example for you guys. I got permission from Karina already, Neil, kind of. I told her I ran back there while Pastor Brenda was praying. Jacob, will you bring those boards and bring them over here for me? I can't take credit for this illustration, but... Since you guys don't know who it's from, I'm going to. So, Satan's, God takes the two, makes them one, right? Satan takes the two, 
or takes the one and makes them two. So you can lay those down for me. Thank you, Jacob. So picture each one of these things, offense that happens, an offense that happens within your marriage. So, or it can be any relationship, but this we're going to use marriage just because it's it's the best one to use. Um, so Neil, you guys will come together for me. I'll give this to you, Karina. Don't hit, don't hit him with that offense. You guys can face each other. You guys can face each other. This is where it makes it hard with the one mic or one hand. But so, what is something? This I know this can get a little personal. You can be real vague with it. What is one thing that you usually take offense to? Or how about this? One of you guys, what's something that you would usually would take offense to? Like Ireland. Looks. All right. That's a good one. So all of a sudden, Karina's on her way to work. Right? Take it with two hands. And you you used to you usually like that look from her. You know, that goodbye kiss and she's just running a little late and she forgets to give you the kiss goodbye or that look and so you take you hand that to him offense to it takes offense to it <laughs> so and then so this is what happens all of a sudden Karina's gone Karina comes back and Neil doesn't you know express what happened you know you shove it in there for me We'll turn it to the nice side, pretty side. All of a sudden, it drives it down, undealt with. So, I got permission from Krina already. So, Krina's trying to wake up Neil for Sunday morning service. Neil's a little tired because he stayed up a little too late to get here on time for church. Krina knows if she's not here on time, I will get honor because she's supposed to be back in the sound booth. I already got permission from this, so. <laughs> and so Neil wakes up late. Karina gets here late, and all of a sudden, I think it would come this way, because Neil wakes up late, doesn't take priority, Karina takes offense to that. And because it goes unspoken or undealt with, go ahead, put it in there. It just stays and lingers. Anybody else have a good one for me? Something you'd take a... Amy. Driving too fast. <laughs> who, who, we'll, we'll stay over here. <laughs> I actually remember an incident. I, we, you might have been... We, went, we used to be in a band together, besides on the worship team. And we went... Uh, we were going downstate to Detroit for a show. Our first show down in Detroit... And we took, we didn't have a band vehicle or anything, so we took three different vehicles. Neil, Karina, and did you have, you didn't have Aiden with you, did you? You had just all the, did you have Aiden? You remember the incident, don't you? <laughs> you guys forgot to talk, and Pastor Neil pray for these guys after on this one. But I remember, I was with uh, Nathaniel Messersmith, and uh, I'm trying to think who else was with us. Um, Richie Merskin, a lot of you guys know Richie Merskin. And we had the rest of the instruments, and I remember... <laughs> In the front seat, we were looking like we blinkered. We thought we had to take an exit, and then we realized we didn't. You know how GPSs do that to you all of a sudden? You think you're in all of a sudden at the last minute. So that's what happened. Well, we had enough time. We got over. Neil must have not seen us, and 
All of a sudden, he's going, you know how it starts to split and there's those lines? Well, he's already starting to go in there. And at the last minute, he cuts over. Like, literally, like, if this was where the dirt was, he cut over. Kids in the car, undealt with, all of a sudden, Krina takes offense to driving, going too fast, being reckless and unspoken. Perfect. Anybody else? Anybody else have a good one? Quality time. <laughs> so, I think you're I know a good example too. So I picked you guys. Me and Neil likes to play video games together, and we have a group that plays video games together late at night for way too long. For Amy's sake, she doesn't want to know because Tommy plays with us. But uh, in, and I, I have heard, I, mean, I think this is why you probably turn off your mic because you get mics where you can talk with people. And he was always turning off his mic. Now because of this message, I think I know why. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's not spending the quality time that Karina wants. They've worked all day, worked hard. Neil comes home, he thinks, you know, his quality time is, you know, as long as she's in the same room. Karina's quality time is hip to hip, and because she, you know, they're not hip to hip, also Karina takes offense. I think if we lean it this way. Anybody else have a good one? Doesn't help with the kids. Here you go, Neil. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just you. Just are examples. <laughs> they're 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 making the example out there. They're at church once again, and all of a sudden, Krina has something she needs to be doing back in the media. She would like a little help from Neil. Neil would rather talk with me, Josh, and Tommy about playing what we just did on the video game last night, and all of a sudden, Krina takes offense. Then all of a sudden becomes, uh, you, Krina starts thinking because she's building up this wall of undealt offenses, all of a sudden Krina thinks, I'm always taking care of the kids. Neil doesn't do any of the help, so she drives that one on down. A natural building offense. We gotta give you at least one, Neil, don't we? Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, Neil. Disrespected. All right, that's a good one. Here you go, Karina. Uh, at his house, he always seen Pastor Neil and Deb treat each other with utter respect. Pastor Neil never yelled at. Deb and they're always super respectful. So Neil doesn't like to, whenever he feels like he, he something raises in voice. All of a sudden, there's disrespect that happens. Krina all of a sudden is angry because of all this undealt offense. All of a sudden, she lashes out in rage. All of a sudden, Neil takes offense because he feels disrespected. If you can stand in the front here, Karina, Neil's behind here. And all of a sudden you have this offense. 
between the two, all of a sudden what God made one, because of offenses, Satan has made two. See, his plan is to kill, still destroy each relationship we're in, so that he can, and he does that by dividing us by one offense at a time. You guys can stay up here. You guys got to stay up here a little bit longer. <laughs> See, the question isn't if offenses are going to come. Because offenses are going to come. It's what we do with those offenses. It's kind of like the illustration I like to use. I know Pastor Neil uses all the time. You can't stop the bird from flying over your head or whatnot, but you can stop it from nesting. That's the same with offenses. Offenses are going to happen in our lives. But if they go unspoken... Also, when you're building this wall of offenses up and you're divided. So if you live your life saying, I'm not going to apologize, they wronged me first, they should just know, then you are imprisoning yourself and you're creating that valley of henna within your heart, that stench within your heart that we were talking about earlier, to where then all of a sudden you find yourself on the verge, like it said, in, Jesus said in uh, verse, I think it was 21, of hell. Because there's this division that's happening. And you're building that stench within you. So, my last and final point for today is, how do we deal with this offense that has been created? How do we deal with this wall that's happened between us? And too bad... Uh, that there wasn't an example for us in the Bible that someone who has dealt with offenses, that has dealt with being wrong, that has been dealt with uh, the wrong side of the fence. And fortunately, we do have one. His name is Jesus. And because and what he did is, here, Karina, how she be the bigger person? Hold it out. This is super, super, super spiritual right here. Hold it nice and high. Two hands. Give it two hands. Ready for the spiritual moment? You just drop it. Almost got hit. That's why I'm in the front row. You drop it. After, after. Here, Neil. Hold it sideways so no one gets hurt. You can come up front now. If, if all of a sudden... Um, after you have communicated with your spouse or that other person, what should happen? You should forgive them. Drop it. Drop it. Yeah. Go ahead, drop it. Anybody Here you go, Karina. Sure, Neil is not the best with the kids right now, but you've communicated with it, and now what are you going to do with it? Drop it. And as we slowly start dropping this, the fence is breaking. Here you go, Neil. Also, Neil says he realized what he's doing is wrong. He realized that he drove a little too fast, a little faster than 60. All of a sudden, all of a sudden uh, they communicated about it. I guess this would be a Karina's fence, but you got it this time. Because Karina drives fast sometimes, right? When she drives. All of a sudden, Neil drops it. The, these two, go ahead, drops it. All of a sudden, um, here you go, Krina. Krina communicates with Neil that, hey, you know what? I don't. I hate being late. I hate hearing Denny rag on me every week of being late. 
this is how I feel about it afterwards, Karina should drop it. Just got two more to go here. These are the good ones that aren't good. This is what happens when you don't deal with it. It's harder to pull out sometimes. All of a sudden, uh, what other examples did we use? <laughs> Finances. Neil loves to spend money on video games or quality time. That was one, right? Karina, I guess the fence is over here. I keep giving them to you. Because you drop them. You, you don't almost kill anybody when you drop them. That's why. Karina communicates that with Neil. Hey, I would like a little bit more quality time. Hip to hip. Not just in the same room. Also, Karina should drop Another one that was driven and good. So those first ones that get driven and good. All of a sudden, Neil's buying too many video games and you... Karina wished that, you know, they were going on more dates and stuff like that. She communicated that with Neil. Neil says he's sorry, and all of a sudden, Karina drops it. You guys can go sit down. Thank you. So we need to deal with those offenses that we build within our lives. Because if they go unspoken... Like I said, all of a sudden we create this fence that separates us in whatever relationship that we have. And all of a sudden we can't do what God has called us to do because we're, I hate it's so uh, cliche now, but we're better together. That when we, when we do things together, God has called us together. He's called us a body. He didn't, you know, he didn't say you're just one body, you're Aaron's another body. But in scripture, Jesus, and I think it was Paul also, says that you're an arm. You're a leg, you're an eye, because we're all one body, so we're better together. And we can't, we got, we got to deal with these offenses so we're not re reeking of that stench within our hearts. If I can have the whole worship team come back up. See, Neil's able to come back up here because he's dealt with it now. Good job, Neil. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. Hey, Jacob, if you will, just move the whole thing to the side and stick them all back in because everyone's going to get a chance to drop it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these uh virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity let the peace of christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful we are called to peace and be thankful as christians we should have this attraction about us that separates us from the world and if we have this wall that is dividing us up in our relationships with our important relationships i believe see in um it's in luke chapter 16 verse 10 i'm not going to read it but he talks about if you're not faithful with the little things he's not going to give you much and i think our our important relationships even though they're important i believe those are like the little things in our life that we need to deal with you know our wives a relationship that um that brother or sister or that person you work in ministry with 
And if you're not dealing with those issues, he's not going to bless you with much more. He's not going to entrust you with more because you haven't dealt with those offenses. If I can have everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed real fast. See, Jesus said it was so important to get those relationships, to deal with those offenses, that he has commanded us to drop what we're doing right now and deal with those things. He, it's so important that you can't have that proper connection with God if you don't deal with those offenses in your life. So right now, I'm going to challenge each and every single one of you guys to think on maybe an offense that you have in your life or someone that you might offend. And maybe it might not be a brother, it might not be a sister, it might not be your wife or husband, but it might be maybe you've offended God. Maybe you're in a sin of some sort and God has been trying to deal with you on that thing. A great example in the Bible was God's people in the Old Testament, Israel, that God said, if you just continue to be obedient to me, I'll bless you. I'll continually to bless you. But what happened is they sinned against God. They offended God. And because of that offense, God had to deal with them because that wall that they were putting up between them and God, all of a sudden they went into captivity with the Babylonians for 300 years. I don't know about you. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be caught in the in the prison of offense and captivity, slave to this wall, this offense that we build and Satan is using. So just think, maybe maybe it's a sin. Maybe you're having an offense. You're starting to defend God with this certain sin that you know is wrong that God's been dealing with you on. Maybe it's with a particular person. Everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed. If you got something, like you know, you're like, I know I need to deal with that. Raise your hand. No one's looking around. If you have an offense with someone or an offense with God, raise your hand right now. Once you raise your hand, you can put that hand down. And this is what you're gonna do. If you raise that hand, you're gonna come up to the it'd be your left, my right, and you're gonna come up to this fence. You're going to pull one out and drop it. You're going to, if you can deal with it with the person, deal with it, then come up here and then drop it. If it's between you and God, be like, God, you know what? This is the issue. This is the offense that I have. This is the sin. I'm dropping it right here at the altar because the altar is the place of change where change happens. And then I'm going to encourage you guys because I'm going to pass off the mic to Pastor Neil. The altar ministry team will be up here. And maybe you're a part of the altar ministry team and you know you have an offense. Make sure you come over here. If you raised your hand, you're coming over here. Or all of a sudden you thought of something and you didn't raise your hand. You're coming over here, picking it up, and then dropping it. But then I encourage you. I wish I had the verse on me. But in I believe it's in Matthew. That during worship, it says that praise is the father of breakthrough. So maybe it's a sin that you're dealing with or that offense and you know it's hard and even though you came over here and dropped it, you know there's going to be practical steps that you have to walk out. Well, stay here and worship because in those moments of worship when you're praising God, 
all of a sudden your breakthrough will happen. And then if you need continued prayer, Pastor Neil will be up here and Pastor Brenda with the altar team. So I'm just going to pray for you guys. And as I do, I encourage you guys, the ones that raised their hand or maybe you didn't raise your hand and you should have, come up here, drop it, and then just spend some time with God. Dearing Father, thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are revealing in our hearts the fences that we have built, the those walls that we have built, Father, Lord. We're getting rid of the garbage out of our heart. We're cleaning up so that we can be more effective, have a better connection with you, have a better relationships with those people that we have built that wall up with, Father. That we can be more impactful as an individual, but also as a church together, because we're, you've called us together, better together, Father. Thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we're in, after, we, after we leave this altar, Lord, after we've spent some time with you, that we're going to practically walk those out. Or if we have to make that phone call or go to that person's house, that we'll deal with it today. Because you you commanded us to drop what we're doing. Even if we have plans after church to go hang out with our family, that we'll drop what we're doing to go deal with that so we can be more impactful to the county, to the region, to the world, Father. In your mighty name, amen. So I just encourage